Hi, this is Curtis. And I'm Austin. And this is the Mind Over Movie Podcast, where today we are going to do a watch and talk on the movie Reservoir Dogs. So sit back, relax, grab a snack while we do the talking. This is going to be such an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. episode too soon no not too soon it's great to be back this yes. this quick yeah um, what are you talking about this is amazing <laughs> we, we were gone for what seven months and now you're saying what four days is too soon <laughs> yeah I, I guess it took you seven months to bribe me to to you know come back to the podcast not that i don't love it right um but we, we're, uh, i'm we're busy I, we're very busy um but it, it's great to be back uh, even uh, this this quickly, so um, and I'm excited to to be able to to jump into a movie that I have had on my watch list for quite a long time and um, I've never seen. Yeah, I thought it was uh, only fair that the first watch and talk you made us watch a film that I have never seen before that you are passionate about. So now the tables have turned. We are watching a film you have never seen before that I am passionate about. Um, as mentioned in the beginning intro, the movie is Reservoir Dogs, the introductory film for Quentin Tarantino, which he wrote and directed. And I mean, I originally wanted you to watch Pulp Fiction, but I feel like you have to watch this first before we get into Pulp Fiction. I'm ready. All right, perfect. So, I mean, it's just some background on the film before, actually, you know, maybe some of this trivia can be saved for during the film. Um, but it is a breeze. It is, I believe, like an hour, 40 minutes long. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you, just going into it, do you have any idea what it's about? Have you, do you know the premise, anything like that? I have no idea. Uh, just knowing Tarantino, I'm sure it has a lot of violence and, and blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the plot and premise setting, I have no clue. Okay. So I'm, I'm really going into this blind, which I don't do often. So mm-hmm. it's, it's refreshing. I, I'm, I'm really excited. Would you like me to set it up for you? Um, if you feel it's necessary. <laughs> I'll just give you a brief summary, like as if almost you're watching a trailer. Okay. It's just about a, um, a group of uh, gentlemen who are... Um, uh, hired to do a heist or they partake in a heist the heist goes wrong and they are feeling amongst them there is a rat um, mm. and they're just trying to kind of figure out who it is in typical Tarantino fashion which we see a lot more of in Pulp Fiction the story isn't very linear in terms of you know we kind of go back in time to before the heist then back in real present time and kind of piecing everything together um, so yeah that's the premise cool um, and, and just to, for those listening, you know, the whole idea of, uh, of the podcasts that we are doing in this fashion where, um, where it's a watch and talk is the, you know, that you would be watching with us while you listen, uh, that way you can follow along. And, 
Um, we are currently, uh, Austin and I are going to be watching it on the same platform. So if you did watch the Halloween 2018, uh, or if you listen to the Halloween 2018 podcast, then um, yeah, it will be very similar. We are watching it on iTunes, uh, both of us. And I don't know if this is a director's cut, a theatrical cut, um, but it is uh, a little over one hour and 39 minutes. Um, and we will be starting at the three second mark uh, where it says Live America Inc. Presents. So with that being said, I am ready when you are. Are you all, all right. queued up at three seconds? I am. All I see is Live America Inc. Presents. Perfect. All right, on three, do you want to do the honors? Yes, on three. One, two, three. We are rolling. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, my AirPods fell out. How no, dare just kidding. you? How okay, dare you? I know you're kidding. So right now we're seeing these guys talk about Madonna's song, Like a Virgin. The classic. And is that Tarantino? That is. He puts himself in almost all of his movies. Does he have a big role in this movie or is this no. just a little cameo? No, just small. I like when directors do that, kind of like M. Night. Yeah. He, I think he has a little bit bigger roles than M. Night. Like, he actually gives himself a decent amount of dialogue. There he is. Everybody's so young. I know. And this shot just kind of circles around the table. I love it. Um, how, how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, Three or four. Um, and how old were you when you first saw it? I don't remember. Probably like 18, something around there. Okay. <laughs> After this scene, I need to ask you a question. If you're going to, you'll see. I have a question for you. After this scene, okay. it has nothing to do with Madonna like a virgin. <laughs> Do you feel this movie has aged well? Uh, As an eighteen-year-old, yeah. did you get the uh, the references? Um, I have never really listened to any Madonna before, so I didn't get this reference. Um, but what doesn't age well about Tarantino movies, and I feel like we have to address it, is especially his older ones. There is sometimes a few uses of the N word, uh, mm. which has not aged well at all. Obviously, yeah. Harvey Keitel right there with the toothpick is pretty big mm -hmm. actor at the time. And uh, he basically helped with his with him being on board to do the film. It was mm -hmm. what helped uh, Quentin Tarantino get the financing to make it. Wow. I see he's in a good handful of his films. Mm -hmm. He uses a lot of the same people. Yeah. Also in Taxi Driver and The yep. Irishman. Yep couple of so, Wes Anderson ones as well. Yeah. He's worked with all the big boys. That's Chris Penn. I think 
Is that is Chris Penshaw Penn's brother? I'm not sure. Steve Buscemi. Man, he looks so young too. So, um, what's what's um, revolutionary about what we're watching right now is at the time when this movie came out, there weren't really any movies watching bad guys sitting around talking about Madonna like a virgin. <laughs> so it's when people saw this for the first time, they were like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what is happening right now?" Uh, to answer your question, uh, they are siblings, yes. Okay. What? Right here. This part right here. I want to have... All right, this part right here, I have a question for you after. About okay. Steve Buscemi's take right here. About tipping. He doesn't tip. It's a very non-American thing to do. Uh huh. <laughs> it's for the birds. That. <laughs> 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 The world's smallest violin. <laughs> Tim Roth over there to the right. Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, so so you still gonna tip after this, Curtis? <laughs> I mean, I feel like he makes some solid points. He he definitely does. Um, sorry, I'm still. You're good.
Yeah, I mean, he he definitely makes great points. Um, you know, I, and it and it's funny because uh, I, I've ar- already been very conscious of like where I tip. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if I could ever stop tipping at a restaurant. Um, but you know, if you go to like a black rock coffee bar, I, I don't know if Dutch bros does this, but it really drives me nuts. Yeah. When, you know, you'd go through a drive through and they, they're like, Hey, no pressure, no pressure. You, you want to leave a tip? And you know, for a while I was like, yeah, you can do, you know, the, whatever the lowest one is on yeah. a little chart. But then, you know, the more the more I go or the more I think about it, it's like, you know, they don't do that at McDonald's. Like that's mm-hmm. definitely their job. Yep. And you know, who is who's getting this tip? Is it the person who's ringing me up or is it the person that actually made it or is it just going straight back, you know, into the the uh, company's um profit jar, if you will. Um and I I will always tip at restaurants. I'll say that. And I know uh, through YouTube and like watching various um, influencers or whatnot on Twitch or uh, YouTube that, you know, it's a very American thing to do is to tip. And uh, it, it really is it, before this even, he makes great points, but before this even, I've I've been thinking about mm-hmm. like, you know, is is that is that something that I feel that I should continue to do um but i i i feel like i'm a generous tipper yeah. uh e- even if the service is you know if it's if sally it's Mink, good. the editor she's passed away now oh uh, sorry um, continue that's all right but for example like tonight you know i told you we went we went out to eat and uh you know our waitress was she was friendly enough but you know, she just wasn't very attentive. And usually I will always take tax and double it. Uh, for her, I took tax and then doubled it, but then deducted $2. Whoa. Yes. We We're are seeing, seeing lots of, <laughs> lots of blood, lots of blood. Is, is Michael around? So that's, what's interesting about this movie is it never shows you the heist. Oh, And I feel so like pitching you, this movie, it's like, yeah, hey, we're going to show this group of gangsters. It's all about them, you know, having a heist and figuring out who's the rat. But, hey, we're not going to show the heist. And I feel like any studio would be like, <laughs> uh, what? Right. I mean, so nowadays, absolutely. Like, Do you feel like this movie could get made nowadays? No. No, uh, if it's not a Marvel movie, it's it's got it's almost impossible to get made. Yeah. That's a fair point, or a uh, remake or a reboot or something like that. Yep, especially Sequel. now in the COVID climate, it's even harder. Yeah. This would probably be a miniseries on HBO now. But, I mean, you have a good point, but, you know, that's why I love uh, studios like A24, you know, where they do have a lot of, uh, or mostly just in the low-budget kind of independent movies that... It, that uh you know they'll support yeah sorry i always get distracted by harvey Keitel's me you're gonna be okay <laughs> so do you tip i do and i had the same issue like at dutch bros and stuff i kind of think like do i need to tip here 
right? Yeah. Like waitressing and, you know, at a restaurant, it makes more sense to me, even though if they got paid normal wages like any other place, I'd be less inclined to tip because, but because I've been a server before and I know their hourly is less than minimum wage because they get tips, then yes, that's why I tip. But if we lived in a society where they had to get paid minimum wage, at least to, to wait, uh, to waitress or waiter, then, uh, yes, I, I would be less inclined to tip. And, and what really drives me crazy is the restaurants that include the tip along with the total. And then, you know, the, the waitress or uh, waiter, they don't tell you that. Um, oh, so you so tip then, more? So you end up tipping more, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I haven't been to one of those. So I, I assume um, this is in the far in the future. Um, what, what we're watching right now? Yeah. Well, this is like present now. Like this is, okay. yeah. So we saw past, but now we're in present. Okay. Correct. And he just unbuckled his pants. He's going to take advantage of him. <laughs> no, I think he's shot like right in the groin area. Good old Tim Roth. I was going to tell you earlier my favorite Steve Buscemi movie. Um, Spy Kids 2. Uh, close. Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve Buscemi. And uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, he worked at Video Archives, working at a video rental store before he directed this movie. And he wrote uh, this movie and wrote True Romance. Um, and he sold True Romance, which Tony Scott ended up directing and kept this for himself. Well, it uh, definitely jump-started a nice little career for him. Oh, yes. And then, you know, the expectations after this were huge. Like, oh, man, how's he going to follow this up? And he follows it up with Pulp Fiction, which I know that- you haven't seen yet, but... Yeah, that's my question was, you know, in at the time, was this a success, like a box office success, or was it more of like a cult movie a little bit later on, maybe picked up some steam after Pulp Fiction? No, at the time, it was a success. It was like, whoa, like, who is this? What is this um, type of thing? And he, he instantly catapulted into stardom. Um, and so there was a big spotlight on him after this to do to do something big. And he followed it up with Pulp Fiction, which exceeded expectations again. And eventually gave us uh, his best movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) Many years later. (laughs) Uh, But the first movie that kind of didn't meet expectations um, for critical and box office and stuff um, was Jackie Brown, um, Uh, which is he he follows uh, Pulp Fiction with. But pretty much every movie after that, I feel like, has met or exceeded expectations and or box office. Now, a little, not want to say spoiler alert, but most of this movie takes place in this warehouse. Okay. Because of the low budget, they could, you know, try to, it's almost like this movie could be a stage play because most of it stays in one spot. It's like Saw. Yeah. Uh, do you know the budget? 
Um, I can look it up pretty quick. Here's a trivia about the budget. The film's budget was so low that many of the actors were asked to simply bring their own clothes as wardrobe. Mm. That reminds me of the original Halloween. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just went to Sears and just bought some clothes. Yep. And the budget was $1.2 million and it grossed uh, 2.8. Wow. And and what was like 1.2 million back in the early 90s? Like now that's like probably like 5 million. Yeah. Something like that would be my guess. Which is a pretty low budget movie. Yeah. What I would really like, and I don't know if this already exists, but uh, a, a source, whether that's a website or something, that would break down kind of what what the budget actually went to. Oh, like how much went to actors' Basically salaries. Basically an expense report. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be very curious. Yeah. I bet that's out there. Because a lot of these um, big studios especially, I think, are publicly traded, right? Which I think financially they have to report some of that stuff. So it should be out there somewhere. I just, like you said, if that website exists or where we can find those reports is the question. Yeah. A lot of these these big name actors now, you know, is this, this was early on in their career. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Roth was, I think, decently big in England, but American audiences weren't familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and sets like this, well, just that, like, is it a set or is this a practical location? Um, I'm always curious, just being kind of a film location guy, if this still exists and if you could go there or if this was a set or um, if it was a practical location, you know, did they demolish it or? Yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly, I've, I've never thought about, is this a, yeah, like on a stage somewhere or yeah, is it a practical location? I'm not sure. Um, but I can't, I don't know if they've already discussed it, but each of these, um, members of the heist they don't know their each other's real names and so their code mm-hmm. names are all a different color so steve buscemi is mr pink okay um i think uh harvey Keitel is mr white and uh tim roth is mr orange so if you kind of hear them refer to each other in those colors that's who they're referring to mr white no relation to uh brian cranston uh walter white no 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 relation um, but actually, the um, um, Michael Madsen character's last name in this is Vega, which uh-huh. is the last name of John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction. And uh, Quentin Tarantino said they uh-huh. are brothers, and he wanted to make a brother spinoff movie, but he didn't get a chance before they got too old. Huh. Interesting. 
Yeah. I think right. it's definitely then a, a He's good thing explaining that we watch this heist. one first. He's explaining the heist right now. Like what happened. Mr. Blonde is Michael Madsen. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this one no, makes sure you knew the heist. This is the closest we get to seeing the heist. Uh, did, you, did you hear the Wilhelm scream? No. It was very subtle there. Oh, I Are did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had uh, like a whole day where we learned about that scream or that, you know, yell back when I was in uh, college. Oof. There's no way you're getting up after that. No. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was pretty intense. I, I didn't I forgot how intense that was. You've seen Fargo, right? Uh, the movie or the show? The movie. I have not. Uh, that's a good Steve Buscemi performance. It's not yeah. on your top 100, huh? I guess not. I need to, I need to rethink that. They're just, they're just talking about how crazy Mr. Blonde is. Joe, I think, is the guy that hired them all. I was looking at those cars. I feel like those are all early 90s. This isn't supposed to be, uh, you know, kind of earlier, is it? No, it's, uh, yeah, modern. it's supposed to be modern day 1992, I believe, or 93. Yeah, 92 it came out. Yeah. So where does this rank on your uh, Tarantino list? Let me go pull it up. Why don't I? Um, I think it's like in the middle of the pack. Let me go just confirm. 
I don't even know if I have a Tarantino list just because I don't feel like I've seen enough of his movies to actually uh, compile an accurate list worth making at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say without seeing Pulp Fiction in this, after you see these two, you should definitely make a list. But So my, my Tarantino rankings goes Django, Pulp Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir Dogs at number five, Hateful Eight at six, Jackie Brown at seven, Kill Bill one at eight, Kill Bill two at nine. Did you watch the Hateful Eight kind of whatever that extended was, version extended cut on Netflix? Yes, I did, and I enjoyed it more than the original. That was my next question. It was. I did too. Oh, it's so good. I love the Hateful Eight. I have it at number six, and I love it. That's how good his other five movies are. Yeah, ditch Mr. Orange. Ditch him. <laughs> so are they thinking that at this point that he's, you know, uh, the rat? No, it's more that they're just like, hey, like, Mr. Pink's like, I have the diamond stash somewhere. Like, let's just go get him. And Mr. White's like, no, we're supposed to meet here. Everyone's supposed to meet here, and then we disperse from here. But Mr. Pink's freaking out because of how the heist ended with the cops and stuff. And it's just like, let's just sc- let's not wait. Let's just grab the diamonds and dip. Gotcha. Hey, just for curiosity, what time code are you at? Um, twenty-five ten. I'm four seconds behind you. Okay. Do you want me to pause? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay. We're the same. Okay. I had a pop-up that paused the movie. Boo. It's like like the AirPods. It's almost like the AirPods. Yeah. You just Uh, need to happen five more times and then it'll be the same. (laughs) Can you tell me if one of these three are in fact a rat? Um, you'll just have to see. <laughs> okay. You you gave me the same response in Halloween, and I will give you the same response <laughs> now. Look at there's a uh, Wally. Wally? <laughs> he looks like a little robot man right there. Oh. <laughs> Now we're back in the past. They're talking about Alabama, which is actually a character in the other script I was talking about, True Romance. Hmm. He has his own universe that he connects all of his movies to. That's cool. It's kind of like Disney. Don't all of the Disney movies kind of Mr. White come together in one way or another? Yeah. 
So do each of them get a bit of a backstory? A little bit. I think kind of just like leading up to the heist. That's pretty much it. Like, I want to get another look at this guy. See, I don't know. Does he have hair coming out of his ears? <laughs> Just the one ear? <laughs> yeah. Or is that like the hair on behind his head? I can't tell. Because he doesn't have either one on his his left side. Yeah. And we're back. He died? Let's see. He ain't dead. He ain't dead. He ain't dead. But, <laughs> like, Reservoir Dogs was a pretty easy uh, Halloween costume. Yeah. That and Pulp Fiction, they kind of wear the same thing, the John Travolta and Sam Jackson characters. That ramp looks comfy. I feel like that guy would be uh, bleeding out just looking at his shirt. Yeah. I don't know how he's like passed out. I mean, I guess I've never lost that much blood, so maybe you pass out when you lose that much. Yeah, I think you go into a, some sort of a shock. But yeah. if, obviously, if you lose ain't enough, uh, you're probably not going to be waking up. Orange, orange. I like, that, I like that shot right there, just kind of closing up on Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Oh, no. What have you done, Harvey? So uh, upon your first viewing, were you able to guess the rat? Um, I don't remember, to be honest with you. And I, do you I think feel you're good at doing that in general? Um, depends. Like in TV shows, yes. Uh, movies, I'm like kind of like 50-50. Um, and I think I had the same sense as you when I first watched it, that it was like one of these three guys. Mm-hmm. 
everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> hey man, you didn't tell me the language was was this uh, gnarly. Okay, if we just watched a movie called Halloween 2018, which murdered 1,500 people. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Steve Buscemi in a role not an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a really good dramatic actor. He is. I mean, even his little uh, monologue about the tipping, I mm-hmm. thought was great. Yeah, really good. Oof. The shot. I love the shot. Yeah, it's awesome. And I like how it's practical. I think too often mm-hmm. they kind of just film a static shot and then digitally zoom it in. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> it's the maniac. I mean, ooh, Brown, Brown's dead. That's Quentin Tarantino. You made the comment earlier about, I think you said this would have been a good stage play or something. Yes. Uh, I'm just just pulling up some you know fun facts, and uh, one of them is Tarantino wanted to stage Reservoir Dogs as a play. Yeah, because it works out perfect. Almost, almost the whole movie's right here. Yeah. He does yell a lot in this movie. I didn't realize until right now. Michael Madsen's voice now is really raspy. Like he's got like a throat cancer or something. Little doggy. Is that on purpose or is that his? What, the voice? Yeah. No, like his real voice is really dark. Oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I gotcha. Because you can hear it here. 
but probably not as much as it is now. now. His voice sounds normal now, but or in this, but in real life now, it's really raspy. You gonna bark? Yeah. You gonna bark all day, little bo- doggy? Or you gonna bite? so just to answer my question earlier the warehouse that we see here uh, was a physical location however now unfortunately is just a parking lot uh, in uh, Highland Park in in, uh, Los Angeles dang that would have been cool if it was still up there could have been like a museum yeah A lot of the other locations, though, are are still standing, including the diner from the first scene. Uh, Mm. That is a breakfast uh, and lunch, uh, American breakfast and lunch place that's still open. Oh, cool. That'd be cool to get breakfast there. Yeah, let's go. Should we tip? Just pause. Oh, yeah. No, and we can't tip while we're there. (laughs) It's the only restaurant I won't tip in. (laughs) I wonder if they get that, though. Probably. They probably the poor, do. The poor waitresses are like, please. I know. <laughs> and and uh, do you feel, because of Pulp Fiction's success, and I would say to me it's a, uh, just from an outsider perspective where this is the first time I'm experiencing um, this particular world from Tarantino, um, does it have a, a, as big of a following as Pulp Fiction? And do you feel for those that are such fans of Pulp Fiction, do they also generally like this movie just as much? Um, I don't know if I would say just as much. I think you usually most QT heads would say Pulp Fiction's his best movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do love this movie almost as much. Okay. Oh, they got a police officer. Ooh. Uh, the car that he's in right now is actually Michael Madsen's that he owns and is the same car that uh, Rick Dalton or Leonardo DiCaprio drives in Once Upon a Time oh. in Hollywood. And actually, let me correct that. He doesn't drive because he got a DOI, so Brad Pitt has to drive him around. Brad Pitt drives him. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get to see the car again? I, I, I feel so. like I didn't get a, a good look. Yeah, I, I believe we do. Actually, there's a pretty uh, long tracking shot that's really okay. cool that we we see it in. That's awesome. That's cool. See, Vega. Is that like a mammoth tusk in the background? It looks like. <laughs> you know you've made it when you're surrounded by <laughs> mammoth tusks. Hey, man, our, our next meeting, just you watch. <laughs> um, I have a mammoth tusk. Perfect. Skagnetti. I think that's in another QT reference somewhere. Uh, Quick trip. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How dare you do that to me?
All right. We got to look at these ears again. Let's see them. See, I don't see anything. His eyebrows, though, are... Yeah, maybe they just... They're like, as long as my mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe they just uh, shaved his ear hair and put it uh, uh, as eyebrows. (laughs) Maybe. Chris Penn. He's in a true romance, that first script that QT wrote. Hmm. He plays a police officer in that movie. True romance is a good one, too. Very interesting uh, Hans Zimmer score. Interesting good way? Yeah, because it contrasts with the movie. Like, the movie is about kind of like them, like the main characters running with a suitcase of cocaine and trying not to get caught and trying to sell it. But the movie, the score is like tropical. Mm. Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, dude. Gary Oldman. Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, Brad Samuel Pitt. L. Jackson. Samuel Jackson's in it for like 30 seconds. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. As Elvis. It has him listed as a mentor. Yeah, but it's Elvis. Um, the main character envisions Elvis pep-talking him. And <laughs> Val Kilmer plays plays the mentor. LL Cool J. Oh, he's in it? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> See, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was in it. (laughs) No, there was a guy that just at a quick glance I thought was LL Cool J. Hmm. Yeah, True Romance is really good. Brad Pitt, he plays a stoner. Super funny. Well, I I added it to my watch list for Brad Pitt alone. I would recommend it. I mean, he's not in it much, but he's funny because he's just stoned the whole time. The, the Joe guy in the red tie reminds uh-huh. me of like Mr. Waternoose from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I can see that. Maybe he was the inspiration. Maybe. Let's go back and see uh, Mr. Waternoose's office for mammoth tusks. Ah. Next movie is Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Watch and talk episode three. <laughs> I love Monsters, Inc. It's like top four Pixar for me. I do love me some Monsters, Inc. I remember seeing it in theaters when it first came out. Gosh, you're so Um, old. (laughs) When did it come out? Like 2003? I know you weren't born yet, but... You're so old. Um, Well, the reason I even brought it up is because I feel like I was almost too old to go see it in theaters. Uh But... You know, at 13, like, it's not the cool thing to do to go see a Pixar movie. Um, but I was also surprised, pleasantly surprised with uh, uh, Monsters University. 
So, yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad sequel. On the uh, Could have been worse, like Toy Story 2. Yeah, Toy Story 2 is definitely the weakest of the uh, the four movies. My favorite sequel being the fourth one. Yeah, how did we start talking about? Oh, you. It's like for a moment. Okay. How did we start talking about Pixar? Okay, I think those are elephant tusks because there's also an elephant's foot in the back right corner. Uh, now little... I gotta, now I gotta cancel my mammoth tusk order. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shift it to elephant tusk. Yeah, Should be in me... the uh, similar items section. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if I can find the elephant's foot. I think there's some speculation a little bit as to why Michael Madsen wasn't in more isn't wasn't in more Quentin Tarantino movies after this. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. I, I don't know if there's ever like a real reason that's out on the out on the internet. Like either Michael Madsen was going through some personal stuff or something. I don't know, but he ends up in later movies like The Hateful Eight, and he's in a little bit of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it's not like yeah you know, they didn't get along or whatever. If they did, they reconciled their differences. Yeah. So after this one, it wasn't until Hateful Eight. I think so. That he was in. Unless he was in, um, is it Grindhouse or Death Proof? I don't remember which one is the one that with Kurt Russell. Um, that is one of is the only Quentin Tarantino movie that I haven't seen. Let me see. I was just looking it up. I can't remember if it's Death Proof or Grindhouse, but I think both of them have to do with uh, Rodriguez. Oh, he was in Free Willy? Yeah, it's Death Proof. I haven't seen Death Proof. But have you seen Free Willy? Yes, a long time ago as a child. Bohemian. <laughs> nice phone. <laughs> I was thinking nice jacket. Yeah, nice jacket and the bling. Quentin Tarantino's got always got good music choices. Mm-hmm. that sound effect that's got to be in your uh, library of punches as an audio engineer (laughs) a very classic 90s punch sound effect And ADR is fun. I don't know if I told you uh, the story of when I was in uh, college. We did have an ADR class, and uh, we we had the first scene in Iron Man 
where he's driving in the the Humvee with yeah, the back you know, and he black. takes a selfie. Yep. And uh, so we redesigned all of the audio for that. And uh, I played Tony Stark. Ooh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, and like to get the gravel sounds of the the car driving on the dirt road. Uh, we, uh, my, I hung out of the back of my buddy's, uh, Jeep with like a boom arm mic and just recorded him like ripping around the desert. Oh, that's good cool. times. Yeah. Yeah. It's called sound mixing, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. quite the outfit <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have an action figure I know right hey, do you think he's pissed I think a little bit a snake charmer dead he's dead yeah right Really narrowed it down. Thanks, Mr. Blonde. I have been to the location where that fire started. Is it the only fire in Chicago history? (laughs) No. I feel like it needs a more specific name then. <laughs> it's the most famous fire. Uh, so it should be called the famous Chicago fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to be more uh, descriptive, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, yeah, it happened on a farm, like a cow or horse or something had started it. Oh, wow. he's sitting on like a hearse (laughs) i was trying to figure that out and i think you're right i mean you would know i yeah maybe uh was that day one of mortuary science yes we we studied the hearse
I'm surprised Harkins or AMC hasn't done like a Tarantino kind of marathon. Or maybe they have. They must have. And I, I know this movie has been on like their Tuesday night classics list before. I just never got a chance to go see it. Oof. pissed yeah really upset a lot of anger <laughs> all right so this scene that we're about to see is has the tracking shot in it and also like there's uh, a moment that happens that a lot of people walked out of the theater because they were oh. not used to seeing it back in 93 but now Everybody's now it's common so des- practice. Desensitized, yeah, it's probably very common. Yes. He's a psychopath. Is this the scene? This is the scene. Okay, I do have a question. Yes. I'll come back to it. I'll wait. Um, you can ask now. Okay. Have you ever walked out of a movie? Like, have you gotten to the point? Yes. Once, but it was also because I had to work super early in the morning the next day. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron. So did you just hate the movie or was it just Um, because you had to work? What I had seen up to that point was not worth me staying because I had to work the next morning. Okay. And it is my least favorite Avengers movie to this day. Yeah, I... Even thinking back at it now, I feel like it's fairly forgettable. Like, I don't remember exactly what happens in that movie. I do yeah. remember the first Avengers uh, where everybody came to. Now, it, very common practice now, right? We're used to seeing it. But back then, when like 2012, when the first Avengers came out, to me, it was so mind-blowing. Yep. That we had all of these characters all all in one movie. I know. And now you but look the, back and... But the only movie I've ever walked out of is Love and Other Drugs with oh. Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, oh, Anne Hathaway. Name? Anne Hathaway, yep. I haven't seen it. Um, and you're a better person for it. <laughs> now I got to. That's our. Oh, I should have done that movie instead of this for our <laughs> second watch and talk. <laughs> But yeah, I was not a fan of Age of Ultron because, at the, especially in the beginning scene when Captain America gets upset at Tony Stark for using language, I was like, okay, this might not be for me. I don't remember that scene. Yeah, it's just they're they're in the middle of fighting, and he goes, language. Uh, it's cheesy. Mm-hmm.
Sweeney Todd blade. <laughs> yeah, really. I was thinking the same thing. Good song. Right? I know. He's just psycho. He's just dancing to this while he's about to torture this guy. My kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, this is a Curtis Gibson movie right here. <laughs> Oof. Ouch. I know. This right here. Oh my. Is that his eye? No, you'll see. Interesting camera choice, though. I do I like it. I really like that. Is that his tongue? Ear. Oh, it's his ear. Oof. Yep. For the time, that was... Uh... <laughs> it was very controversial at the time in 93 here's the tracking shot and all this his first movie never directed anything before He's not even using like a steady cam. Nope. Which I like. I know. Sometimes I like it and sometimes it's good without it. You just that's that's what separates the good directors from the bad ones is knowing when. Yeah. I was waiting for what's his name to pop out of the trunk, you know, <laughs> Cliff like Booth? Over. Oh. Oh, oh. Cliff Booth. <laughs> oh, that's the car, huh? Oh, Ken Jong from the Hangover. Ken Jong, yeah, Dr. Ken. What's his name in The Hangover? Mr. Chow? Yeah. Oh, look at how ironic. No parking. Now this building is a parking lot. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good catch. That better make the Instagram clip. <laughs> <laughs> so to confirm, and I'm sorry if I missed it, the dude no. is dead on the ramp. Or is no, he he's still, still alive? alive. He's he still, still alive. alive. Okay. Yeah, he just he's still passed out. Like he has to have bled out by by this point. I know. I mean, right? I know you have to suspend belief, but oh my gosh! I know. And this is um, after this. It's the beginning of Halloween Kills. I was just gonna say, where's Michael Myers when you need him? <laughs> nice prosthetic. Chris Nelson didn't work on this. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, I'm not even joking. He might have. Oof. Because he was in Kill Bill and has Let's, worked with Tarantino many times. I'll look it up. I'll I look will look it, it up, up for you. I'll look it up first. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. If you find it before me. <laughs> I don't see his name in the makeup department. Hmm. 
Dang, he's very much alive. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I should have. I shouldn't have told you. I should have been like, I don't know. We'll see if he's alive. And I still didn't see it coming. Jeez, wow. just save that dude from being <laughs> a crisp. Well, he definitely got what uh, he had coming for him. True. Oh, there's the ear. <laughs> it heard the whole thing. <laughs> Jeez, look how pale he is. Attention to detail. Oh, I think I think that's what I remember from in the trivia. Oh my gosh. Is he laid he laid there for so long in that like corn syrup and stuff of the blood that he would stick to the ramp. Oh. Yeah, that's that uh, sticky situation. <laughs> that should be a Michael Myers catchphrase. So red. There you go. The rat. Now this guy sounds like Walter White's son. (laughs) Yeah. Walt Jr. Yeah. We got Walt Jr. over here. Wow. He knew that he was a cop and even after getting his ear cut off didn't give him up. Man, I thought we were going to have to wait till the end of the movie to, to find out. Oof, that prosthetic is brutal. It really is. This shot where the Where it's like zoomed in on his head to the right. But you can still see the background. Uh-huh. Yeah, why couldn't you have woken up like five minutes earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? No. Uh, it reminds. Is there me an ear cutting a... scene in that? <laughs> no, but there's a scene where he goes to like a magic shop. He goes to a magic shop, and the guy gives him like this giant ear, and uh, Paul Rubin put uh, Paul Rubens puts it on his ear, and he turns around, and he goes, "I can't hear you." It is like Pee Wee Herman voice. Yeah, I. I don't think there's anything like that in this one. Uh, just <laughs> He just cuts the ear off here and talks into it. <laughs> That's the Instagram clip. <laughs> no, please. 
<laughs> Please don't. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Mr. Naranja. There are uh, claims that his accent, his Eng- American accent, is not very good in this movie. So here's where you get a chance to see for yourself. The guy sitting down? No, Tim Roth. Oh. Let me turn it up. Where's he from? You said England or London? Yes. London, England. The UK. Across the pond. He sounds like Charlie Hunnam. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like Charlie Hunnam trying to do an American accent. Charlie Hunnam, not a very, um, not a lot of depth to his acting, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no. Did you see Sons of Anarchy, though? Um, I didn't. I watched all the seasons, but the last one. Okay. I mean, I know what happens. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I haven't seen him really in anything else, so can't really speak to the, uh, the, mm. the depth of his acting, but I can definitely see what you're saying just based on that. Yeah, I mean, I like him in that. I think he's good in that, but then he's almost the same character in everything. Um, yeah. Like in King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie one, very similar. Lost City of Z I recently watched. Decent movie, but again, very similar to da- uh, Jack's um whatever his last name is in that show uh teller i think yeah yeah jack's teller just very similar tim roth also in pulp fiction hmm haven't seen it i wouldn't know <laughs> he doesn't have as much of a prominent role I'm not sure who this guy is. Oh, man. Tim uh, Roth was in The Incredible Hulk back from 08. Yeah, he's the uh, the Orange Hulk. Uh, Edward Norton being Bruce Banner. Oh, that movie's so bad. Yes, it is very That's bad. where he looks familiar from. This whole time I'm like, my gosh, this guy looks really familiar from from a movie, but I can't put my finger on it. Um and I don't think you've seen it, at least you haven't letterbox rated it, but Funny Games. Uh that is actually a movie I would really love. Be it's not dialogue heavy. That would be a perfect watch and talk episode. I'm down. I've never heard of it. Uh, so there is a, I think it's a British version, and then they made a, an American adaptation that it, I, I think they did it pretty much scene for scene. Uh, 
I knew I'd seen him in a movie, not a, uh, as you would say, QT movie. <laughs> a quick trick movie? Yes. He's giving him a story to tell when he's undercover to help make it seem realistic that he's undercover. He was also in Shang-Chi. Who, Tim Roth? Yeah. What what part? Um looking it up. He's got a credit. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Oh, he he was it was a voice he was a voice actor hmm. um, for Emil Blonsky or the Abomination, and apparently he is uncredited, but he does have a letterbox credit. Oh, yeah, I was like, I don't remember him in that movie, and I feel like I would. I think this location is still there. An interesting location. <laughs> uh, needless to say, I recognized it very quickly just from the graffiti. Are you familiar with a lot of areas in Southern California? Uh, no, not really. I just no. they, the website that I looked up had a list of different locations, hmm. and uh, one of them was a building that. That, that building with a bunch of graffiti on it. Mm. He's got to sell them. Before...
Dude, I love that. Right? What a first, beautiful, creative direction. First time filmmaker. That is amazing. To be honest, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah. Does he do that in Pulp Fiction? Oh, buffering. You got to be kidding I will, me. I will pause. I'm at one hour, 12 minutes, and 20 seconds. So you know, if you're watching a long, that's a good point to, you know, uh, maybe pause it and go get a drink. Go refresh your snack. And then you can sit back and relax again. Let me know when you're ready. Okay. Uh, one, 12, 20 seconds. We might have to cut it. I mean, I'm still buffering. I That's okay. Hopefully. Hopefully the internet um, didn't go out or something. Hopefully not. Uh, while we're buffering, yeah, uh, what I was thinking of when the scene started is, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone into Disneyland and they have you know the the cop who's standing there with like a, a dog. I'm sure they're trained to sniff for drugs or maybe weapons or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm not coming into Disneyland with any sort of paraphernalia or, yeah. you know, weapons of any kind. I've never even touched, you know, any sort of drugs or anything yet. <laughs> there's always just this ounce of like slight anxiety, uh, you know, that the dog is going to come up and sniff me <laughs> and, and like, it's going to trigger them to attack you or something. Yeah. I'm going to die right there, you know, right in front of Disneyland. <laughs> Don't move me. Just just let me uh, decompose right here. Um, well, I don't think we lo- that you lost internet because we are still able to yeah. talk. So that's good. Yeah. I'm going to try um, connecting to the 5 gigahertz internet. It doesn't have as wide of a range, but maybe that's what it needs okay. is a, a faster speed. I don't know. All right. Yeah, okay. so far, so good. So cool. all right, let, me, let me get back. Just got to go find the movie again. We can cut this yeah, out. We, uh, no, let's keep this. Uh, we are watching Reservoir Dogs, uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino, um, just in case you forgot. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I You're was welcome. worried I wouldn't type it in correctly. Um, if you can't find it, you know, might be you might be able to find it under QT. You know, that's, oh, okay. Uh, that's what the how the real fans you know acknowledge him or refer <laughs> yeah. to him as. Oh, okay. QT. All right, I'm at one twelve twenty. All right, I'm at one twelve twenty one. No, I'm just kidding. Don't change it. I'm oh. ready when you are. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I press play. Um, all right. <laughs> On three. One, two, three. Uh, can we start over by do three, two, one? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Stop it. <laughs> My stash. <laughs>
Is this going to transition to an, an airplane? I know. So far, I think this is my favorite scene. You're a huge fan of someone washing his hands? No, not this part of the scene. I would say <laughs> just this, this sequence. Yeah. Uh, some nice 24 frame per second slow-mo. Yeah. Mm, yes, of course. Very, very choppy. Uh, doesn't look great. It's all you had back in 92 or 93. 92. Probably filmed in 91. Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. Have you seen any of his newer movies? So I'm assuming you saw Once Upon a Time in theaters. Uh, yes. Have you Had you seen any of the other ones in theaters upon release? Uh, Django, Hateful Eight. Um, I don't know if I saw Inglorious Bastards because I was only 14 when it came out. So I don't know if I was allowed to. 14 or four? <laughs> 14. <laughs> But Django was the first one I remember of his seeing in theaters. Would it surprise you to know that I've only ever seen Once Upon a Time in theaters? It would not surprise me, no. Yeah, he's he's one of the directors that I started watching very late. Uh, oh, see, I like that. Look at, man, it's the little things like that where you just think you're hearing a song that the actor or the character cannot hear, but then he just pauses it. I know. That's why I like the uh, tracking shot when he walks out to the car because the music stops yep. when he's outside. Mm -hmm. And I then when he walks back, in, yeah, I love that. Spatial awareness. Mm-hmm. Those doors are a hideous color. <laughs> I agree. I say that to myself in the mirror before work every day. <laughs> See, I like this, man. Like, this kind of reminds me of Knives Out, where you kind of figure out who it is earlier on. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, where's it going to go from here? And it Ooga, just overall becomes a better movie. Yep. Yeah, this is a really good one. Yeah, this wouldn't be in a modern movie. <laughs> no, it would not. Pulp Fiction's got a little bit of this, too. Surprised this movie hasn't been canceled. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
I think it's also like Samuel Jackson continues to do movies with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Even though, you know, this language is in the movies. So I think that's kind of like it's not as canceled. One, because of the time. I mean, it wasn't even okay back then, but I don't think I don't think a lot of movies are getting canceled from back in the day. It's usually like within the past ten years. Yeah. But it's definitely not aged well. Luckily, it's only small parts of the, of his movies in the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say there's only been a couple small scenes. You know, it hasn't been consistent. Yeah, which is good. Oh, Pam Greer. She's uh, the star of Jackie Brown. More racial slurs. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, from experience, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's this guy? Is, is he in... Is he a big name? Oh, the actor? Then? Yeah. I don't think so. I think there's actually a story behind that. Do tell. Or you don't know? I don't know. I don't remember it. I've heard it. I think it was supposed to be another actor. Or oh, I think this guy was forgetting his lines a lot and it was really pissing everybody off. Mm. Something like that. I'll look it up just to confirm. Uh, what's this guy's, uh, what's what's his character's name? Is it Lawrence? Joe. Or, sorry, Joe Cabot? Cabot, Joe I think. Cabot. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. Yes. Man. He's in, a, he's in a classic. Well, I guess it's more of a cult movie. Uh, but he's in a slasher called The Prowler. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, it's a slasher movie from 1981. Yeah, one of the movies that kind of were inspired by Halloween, kind of in that that very popular time of a lot of people trying to emulate that that kind of a movie. Hmm. Oh, he yeah, was after, in Silver Bullet as well. After Reservoir Dogs, a lot of people tried to emulate this movie too, imitate it.
he died in 2002. Oh. Mr. White and Pinkman. Here's a fun trivia. Quentin Tarantino revealed in an interview that the entire soundtrack budget was spent on securing Stuck in the Middle with You. Really? Yeah. Does it say what the soundtrack budget was? Yeah. You know, here here's the trivia. Steve Buscemi in a recent podcast interview, um, everyone had a difficult time with the guy this guy, Joe. The actor, because he was easily distracted and kept forgetting his lines. <laughs> oh, hold on. They were so upset with him that Quentin Tarantino fired him on the third day of filming. Wow. So I guess he must have been in the movie more often in the original script. But literally, it was so bad, they just fired him. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely an old timer. I was looking up his, his catalog and a lot of older movies. And he was in movies after. He was in Armageddon. Does his hair look blonde right there? It does, yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to end every meeting like that. I'm hungry. Let's get it. QT. Back in it. Yeah, little little blood. Yeah, real secure behind that fence. <laughs> I'm blind, man. Dang. 
Oof. Jeez, why did they have the guy who was almost dead driving? Right? Nice shot. Yeah. Uh, there's probably no actual sirens nearby, Curtis. It was probably all after added in, just so uh, you know. Uh, uh, audio, That's how they do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, audio mixing? Yeah. Sound mixing? Yeah. That's how they do it. That's good to know. Dang. So why would he do that? Why would he do what? Shooter. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was mad that he just got shot. I mean, or he didn't want to get shot again. You're going to be okay. Relive this, relive this scene again. <laughs> no, you can see the ear over there already. Yeah. Ask the ear what happened. It hurt everything. <laughs> Should I do my Pee Wee Herman impression? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll say, like, I mean, I don't know what else is to come. I know we got about 10 minutes left. Oh, right as I go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, it wasn't as, this movie hasn't been as violent as I had expected from Tarantino. <laughs> right uh, I mean, as he it, does that. Right as he did that, yeah. I mean, it definitely has that signature, but if you compare it to later movies, maybe with the exception of Once Upon a Time. Yeah, or Django. Yeah. The last 30 minutes of Django are super bloody. Yeah. What about Jackie Brown? Um, That's probably one of the least violent of his movies. There's some killing in it, but probably less blood than this. Pulp Fiction actually doesn't have a whole lot either.
I'm distracted by his chest hair. Yeah, it is distracting. That's some uh, A-class acting right there. You're fired. Yeah. I've been to where Dillinger died. What? He said dead is Dillinger. Yeah, John Dillinger. Yeah. Ooh, good old Mexican standoff. I spoke too soon. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mr. Pink, run. <laughs> See, man, it'd be so cool to have this uh, warehouse still there. Yeah. Dang. Was it the cop or uh, Buscemi that was pointing the gun at the sun? I don't know. I don't remember who shot him.
How's it gonna end? You can hear like cops yelling in the background, They're probably yeah. trying to get Mr. Pink. I wonder if that, you know, actually was there, if it was done in the studio. <laughs> you can do that stuff in studio? Yeah, it's called sound mixing. What? <laughs> and before you even point that out, I thought I maybe had heard gunfire. Yeah. They fire real, real guns. So does uh oh man, what's his name? I was gonna make a uh, joke. Oh no, too yeah. soon. Somebody I, actually died. I yeah. <laughs> I don't want us to get canceled on. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Oh. You're not going to be okay. (laughs) Dude, they definitely would have shot at him after like the first time or two saying drop the gun and he doesn't do it. I know. I mean... He killed a civilian, so he had he got what was coming to him. There you go. You have seen Reservoir Dogs now. That was good, right? Um, <laughs> oh, nice lime in the coconut here to end it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Judy yeah. Greer. Uh, who is she? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I already exited out. I knew she's not in that. <laughs> yeah. So, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. Uh, like I said before, we jumped into it. I didn't really have any idea other than what you had told me what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I have a hard time, or um, not a hard time keeping up with it, but sometimes I kind of get lost and I don't feel as invested in movies that kind of jump back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought this one was done done well, you know, and I still was able to kind of and I think that's why I don't like uh what's it called Dunkirk oh is that the one that jumps like you see three different perspectives or whatever yeah um but this one was done you know good enough to where uh you know I could follow along and I was not confused as to where I was or um as as far as like past present or um whatnot so I thought it was I thought it was very good um, like I said, a lot of the camera work, uh, that, that you and I were pointing out throughout, throughout, uh, the whole movie, I it was, especially like you said, for a first time director, you know, QT, yeah. um, just very ground groundbreaking, especially that scene where he, we kind of break that, I don't know, we're not really breaking a barrier, but you know, he's telling the story and then he, you know, it cuts to that one take of him telling the story to the cops. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I do want to watch it again, you know, where I can just have full attention on the movie. Yeah. Um, but on first viewing, I would probably give it a three out of five. 
Oh, I forgot you don't do half stars. Okay. I don't do half. But if I did do half, then I would definitely do three and a half. Okay. That's solid, especially not being able to hear everything since we were talking. I feel like yeah. I'm confident that upon rewatch and being able to fully take everything in, that it would go up to a four star. Yeah. Like I said, I, I really want to, but um, also I'm really excited now to see Pulp Fiction. So Yeah, dude. Pulp Fiction, like it does a little bit of the... Um, the time, you know, kind of timeline thing where it's not fo- the story for the whole movie isn't linear. Like it jumps back a little bit, but not it, it's it's very well done just like this movie. So if you if you liked the way it was done in this, you'll like the way it was done in Pulp Fiction. I didn't like it. I was kidding. Oh, OK. Then Pulp Fiction doesn't do that. <laughs> not for me. OK. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 well, good. I am. I'm. So, I'm glad that it was a success. Um, I think. I think we'll try to do a movie that we both have seen next time, so that way we can freely talk and not feel like we're missing anything. Yeah. What do you think? I like that. Well, first, I was going to ask you. Did you? Do you? I forgot to look at your letterbox score, or maybe I did see it. Uh, you gave it a four out of five. I believe so. Yeah, and I and I do half stars as of this moment, and I believe I give it four out of five. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, we haven't really decided or talked about what the next movie is, but uh, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one and as well as Halloween and uh, we will, we will definitely be doing more. Yeah. Do you want to close this out? Um, I don't know what to close this. I'm upset that I didn't grab a snack for this one. Last time you could hear my kettle corn in the background, so I couldn't grab a snack, but it bothers me that the intro of the podcast, you know, says to grab a snack and I, I just, <laughs> I, I want a snack. Well, you can go get a snack now. Oh, okay, good. But, uh, awesome. Well, hopefully, like I mentioned, hopefully you all enjoyed that. And, uh, until next time. See ya. See ya.